people welcome back to another time in the word of god it's good to see you it's good to see you i hope you're still believing actively believing god yes 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 we are believers that is who we are we refuse to let go of our faith because of circumstances or because of things that have happened or big mistakes our eyes are on god and not on ourselves because our life is a product of his mercy and grace and not our own doing welcome it's really good to see you always 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 let everyone know that we are on and let's get going we're just here to find out what is in the word of god concerning something something that will move you into your journey of seeking god or move you into salvation or healing or ministry or whatever it is that god wants to do in your life today so as the as everyone gets on to join us i'd like us to pray together as we simply welcome jesus and the holy spirit and the father who are already with you and with me wherever we are gathered in their name let's go ahead and just give thanks right now holy spirit we welcome you Thank you for this moment in your presence and in the word of God that you're going to open up for us. We ask that you will open the word because there is life in the word that today something will switch on that will move us into whatever it is you want to give us today. We thank you for healings, for deliverances, for salvations, for destiny changes today that are happening as we sit under your word. May you speak clearly. And may we understand and walk in obedience and see the fruit in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. So last week, we talked about active believing or actively believing God. And we talked about the fact that it's possible to be a Christian and you stopped actively believing God. And we said we are recovering. We are recovering by, first of all, understanding constantly trying to understand the character of God because then when you know his character, you really will believe him because faith works through love. And then also that we would be people of expectation, constantly having an expectation that has scripture attached to it or a promise because through the promises of God, we become partakers of the divine nature, not through fear or crying or weeping or complaining. No, it's through accessing the promises of God. That's our key that helps us to enter what is ours already purchased by God for you and for myself and of course um, to take action on what we say we are believing yeah and we talked about the difference between vision and sight the fact that sight is something you can see right now and the Bible says that just shall live by faith that thou that we live by faith and not by sight and what is faith faith is seeing what your natural eyes have not yet seen where it's more real to you than what your natural eyes have seen and therefore if you live by what you see with your natural eyes only you're limited you're living in the now so there's nothing you're moving towards but when you live based on what you see beyond the natural eyes ah you're constantly moving towards what god has for you because god shows us what he has for us before we see it with our eyes that's why hope is one of the three core parts of our faith he says the three are the most important faith hope and love yeah, so you cannot say faith is the evidence of things you hope for. Because when you hope for something, you, when, when a bride is hoping for a wedding, she has a wedding dress, she has bridesmaids, she has a decorator, she has a person doing her hair. Everything is being done in hope of something that hasn't yet happened. But it's so real 
that that's the world she's living in at that point for months. The world she's living in is her wedding day months before it shows up. That's faith. It's the evidence. So on the day of her wedding, the evidence of what she hoped for comes to pass. Her, her faith bears fruit. Do you understand? Because she took action. Imagine if a bride said, I'm not buying a dress until the man shows up at the altar. Then I'll go and start looking for a wedding dress on that day and a gown. I'll believe when I see him walking through. I mean, we are in trouble. And that's what happens when we, when we don't approach God with faith. Everyone who comes to God must believe that he is God in his power and might and love and splendor and ability to do so much and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You will never seek God in vain. Never. Never. And so to know that it is the word of God, the promises are what help usher us into the divine nature of what is ours. Before I get into the word for today, which is a very exciting word, I, I remembered something I learned the other day I, 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 that I want to share with you. So the other day we were hanging out with some faith company and I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about scripture. We're talking about the fact that when God calls you to do something, you always feel very unfit and you give him all these excuses and how God likes to rest on our weaknesses. Like when you're weak, he comes and rests there. And then this man of God said, you know, he said, have you guys ever thought about Moses? And I realized that never thought about it. Do you know when God comes to Moses and tells him to go and rescue the children of Israel? What's the excuse Moses gives? Moses says, oh, I'm a stammerer. Um, I, I don't, I can't talk. I can't talk. And then God says to him, let me go there in Genesis. God says to him, I'll be with your mouth. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, no, no, God, you don't understand. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't go to, I can't go to Pharaoh. So it's really a fun fact, okay? It's a fun fact about something in the Bible that I had never noticed. I find interesting and reveals a lot about us hmm, as people. So Moses, Exodus chapter 3. Uh, God appears to him, an angel of the Lord appeared in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Chapter 3, verse 2. So he looked, there was a bush burning. So there's this supernatural experience. And then he turned aside and looked, it is he. Let me see where God tells him, the God of your father, verse 6. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face and was afraid to look. Then God tells him, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have had their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows someone God knows what you're going through it's not hidden from him it's not it's not he sees and he cares so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land that's what is going to happen God is taking you out of that land of pain and sorrow and he's bringing you into a good and large land a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, a place where other people are already occupying. God is going to give you, but he'll send a person to lead you there. Because God hears the cry of Israel and he sends a person to us. I says, I have come to deliver my people how? By sending a person. So don't reject those God has sent to lead you usually out of a place of pain or smallness into a place of largeness and increase. Usually it comes with stabilizations. If you really see the children of Israel, they went through what looked like he had come and caused more problems for them. So don't reject the ones God has said, but that's not what I was wanting to show you. One and one, God talks to Moses, what? 
says, come, I'll send you to Pharaoh. I'll give you a sign. It is sick. Verse 13. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, they will ask me your name. God says, you tell them my name is so and so. Verse 15. Uh, Exodus uh, 3. Then moreover, God said to Moses, that you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac. So he tells him what to do. Then um, Moses, he, I was looking for where Moses tells God eventually. So Moses goes through these arguments with God and says, I can't go. I don't know what. Um, and, and, and says, I can't speak. I, I can't speak to Pharaoh. <laughs> and God says, I have verse 10 of chapter 4. Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither before since you spoke to me, neither after. I'm of slow speech and slow tongue. And God said to him, Who made the man's mouth? Eh? Who makes the mute, the deaf, and the blind? You see, have I not the Lord? Now therefore go, and I'll be with your mouth. And teach you what you shall say. But he said, Oh my Lord, please send send by the hand of whoever else you shall send. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Look, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I'll be with your mouth and his mouth, and I'll teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesperson. So Moses refuses, right? And God eventually convinces him. But Moses' prison is me, I can't talk. So they give him Aaron to be his spokesman. Let me ask you a question. When Moses goes to meet Pharaoh, did you ever see Aaron talking? Never. Moses went there and talked the whole time. His arm talked, he talked, he talked. The only time Aaron talked, he ended up making people make a golden calf. The other time he talked, him and Miriam, God came and punished them. Aaron was not supposed to be talking at all. And after Moses gave all these excuses, do you know what? Moses became a talker, even wrote books. He was always talking, talking to the people of Israel, talking to Pharaoh, talking to Egyptians, talking, talking, talking. The very thing you're telling God you're unable to do, to do. Go on with your stories, even you're like Moses. Moses, they gave him a spokesperson who became redundant. He never said anything. Anyway, let's go to the text for today. That was it. It's just that it, it was very funny for me. Like, the excuses we give God. And it's just like, you know what? I'll, like, God will go an extra mile to deal with your insecurities and stories just to make sure that you fulfill your purpose. Isn't God amazing? Yeah, 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 yeah. God is amazing. So even you who has your story, we shall be laughing when the very thing you told God to send you help for you take over and do it very well. But today, our teaching is from the book of Matthew chapter 25, a story that you're very familiar with if you're a person who has been to church or you're a Bible reader. But I want you to, to, to stick with me and see what we're going to learn together. So today I'm going to talk about increasing your capacity for more. Increasing your capacity for more. Many of us desire for God to trust us with more. In fact, our prayer is, Lord, use me. Lord, do more in my life than you have done before. Lord, increase me. Lord, double. Lord, triple. Lord, times 10. This year is my year of times 10. <laughs> and maybe you wonder, you've declared the declarations. You've prayed the prayers. Listen, you don't speak negative at all at all. But the season doesn't seem to be changing. I want to show you how you can increase your capacity for more because Apostle Moses taught us that everything in life has its fundamentals. I believe even promotion in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is a very organized kingdom. 
everything has its principles that are supposed to be followed. Everything has its fundamentals. And when you break them, they also don't respect you very much. So I was reading this thing innocently. We've been doing a Bible plan. And so I was reading innocently one of those days in um, Jan. And I know this story, but I always approach the scriptures with childlike innocence. Like as if I've never read it before. God, show me something fresh. So Matthew chapter 25, from verse 14, the parable of the talents, which you know about the talents here, I'm not talking about the talents, your abilities. Read it as the parable of the shillings or dollars or cents or rupees, whatever it is you use as the currency where you are. So it, it was a currency that they used in Israel at the time when they're talking about the, the, the parable of the talents. So money is something we understand quickly. When we use examples of money, we really understand because we really use money day to day and we, and we don't mind money generally. So Jesus knew. And so when he taught, he taught using examples that people understood. So first of all, uh, we start by saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man. The kingdom of heaven talks about when God dominates in your life. When God, when God's will is being done in your life as it is in heaven, or where God rules, which is in our lives, where you see where God rules, there's order. And we are used to a world of no order, so we come into heaven expecting to cheat, to cheat the system. We've cheated our way through school, but we got saved by um, and so God, Jesus forgave us, but we still have a mentality that we can beat the system. But there are principles that must be followed for us to enter the things of God. So he says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of this world may not work like this. But remember, promotion comes from God. God is the one who gives increase. The other day, Apostle kept telling us increase is a function of God. Like God, you can water, you can plant. But you cannot control increase. You can put manure, fertilizers, but the increase is divine. Every time you see increase in your life, acknowledge that that is a work of God. Increase is not a work of man. It is God who increases. To see increase in your life is to see the divine work of God in your life. Every time you see anything, you are, you are just a husband and a wife, now you have a child. That is divine. It's a miracle. Because you can do what husbands and wives are supposed to do and never conceive a child. Oh yes, it's not obvious. When you have children and they have children and you become a grandparent, there's increase. When you had no land and now you have land, there's increase. Every Everywhere there is increase in your life, it is a manifestation of that divine work of God in your life. And you should stop and give thanks. And it's possible for you to get to a place. He warns them in, in Deuteronomy 6 and says that, when you've eaten and you're full and you've built houses and you've enjoyed the planted vineyards, it says, beware lest you forget and you start saying, my own strength gave me this. You can stop, you can stop actually realizing that increase in your ministry, increase in your missional community, increase in miracles, increase of the Holy Spirit, increase in finances, every increase in your life. It's God. It's divine. Increase is divine. But there are principles that are followed. Even people who don't know God when they follow these principles, they get increased because God is just. He sets a system in place and it works when you use it. And he set it up for us. So he says the kingdom of heaven is like, then he starts to explain what it's like. Now these parables, if you read the whole of Matthew 25, they are powerful principles in each of the parables. But today I'm going to talk about this one and what I saw in it. I'm not sure that's not all there is, but I saw this. He says, it's like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Remember, this is a master. He has goods. 
He's delivering his goods, the master's goods, to the servants. Everything you have, you hold as a stewardship. Everything you have, the ministry you have, the job you have, the parents you have, the children you have, the friends you have, the spouse you have, whatever you have, you hold. The bank accounts, the investments, they are stewardship. They are God's things in your care. They are not yours. You are simply a manager. Now that makes you a free person because when the things are yours, it's hard to release them. But when they are God's things and he asks for them, no big deal. Was it mine in the first place? So anyway, many things to learn. I want to get to the point because the thing we're talking about is increasing your capacity for more. Ability to carry more capacity is ability to carry. Ability to carry more. There are people who are, are, are like, like I, have, I have children. So one of them is just making two years old this month. There are things she can't carry, but she will insist. And you have to let her. Sometimes I tell them, leave her, you know, let her try to carry the chair. Then she realizes she cannot. Why? Her muscles don't yet have the capacity to carry more. They are still growing. But she's going to get to a point where a chair is not a big deal. So your capacity can increase. Your capacity can become more. And our capacity for us is, is the unseen capacity. It's ability to do more, to carry more, to be trusted with more in the kingdom. It's not about physical ability. It's about spiritual, intellectual, and other abilities that are unseen the eye. Maybe you're wondering, why do I seem not to be trusted with more? Why do I seem not to be given more? Even when you feel you can carry more, just like my daughter, she feels she can carry more, but she can't. And sometimes you give it to her until she sees that she cannot. And some of us, there are things we've tried to enter in before our capacity has grown. So they either destroy us or we destroy them. Don't try to promote yourself. Trust God that whatever you have is what you can handle. And then figure out how to have the capacity to carry more. So your work is to grow your capacity in God to carry more. And I'll show you how. I know, I know, I'm about to frustrate you. Like, okay, go to the point. Please, please. Okay, I'm the one with the microphone. <laughs> So the man gives to his servants his goods, the man's goods to the servants. I want you to remember that everything you have, you're holding as a steward, not an owner. The moment you become an owner, you're in trouble. Already your capacity for more has reduced. Because God will make sure he gives you what you can manage at the level of where you think you're an owner. It's mine. That's what children, that's how you know you're immature. Everything is mine. The true good. Mine. Mine. I've, I've told my children in jokes, but not, hmm, that everything they own, their clothes, their underwear, everything they own is mine. Yeah, I bought it. They just wear it for me. They laugh so that they never think that they can refuse. I'm like, it's not your dress. It's my dress, which I, I'm done with paying. Did you pay for that dress? I think they're like, listen, this woman, eh, one day we will buy our own clothes, which are ours from our money. But I'll still tell them those are mine. Because if I did give it back to them and raise them, they would not be able to do those things. So they are mine. <laughs> so good. So good to play with your children. So anyway, but seriously, not for jokes. For you and I, God, this house I mean is God's house. The car I have is God's car. The children I have are God's children. The relationships I have are God's relationships. The ministry that we that we are part of is God's ministry. Everything I have is God's. So if he asks for it, painful as it might be sometimes, because the truth is sometimes the thing that has been entrusted to you, you get attached to it. But never forget that it's not yours. So that when the owner comes, you have to handle them even when you're really attached. And when you have that mentality, God can trust you with more. Already God is showing you some keys of how to increase your capacity to carry more. 
be a steward, not a, have the attitude of a steward, not an owner. Because when something is not yours, there's a way you take care of it even better, you're careful. For example, we lived in a house for five years for free. And the way we dealt with that house, ah, I didn't want anything, spoiled anything, cracked in. Because I'm like, hey, one day we'll have to hand over this house. I can't be a bad steward. But I, I must confess that when it comes to what I perceive to be mine, I'm not, yes, I'm still, I like clean things and what, but I'm not as, you know, it's like, ah, I'll repair it, it's mine. So you see, when you carry something with the attitude of I'm a steward, you're going to be, a, a, you will be more faithful. And it means that you will increase it, it will be better, and then you'll be able to be trusted with more. You're already getting the principles. And then, the, now, verse 15 is where, for me, I feel like I got my revelation. Uh, from and then I'll take you to much later verses. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Are you wondering why? How how did you choose who to give what? The verse isn't ended. It tells you how. Verse fifteen of Matthew twenty-five. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. He gave each one according to his own ability. This thing, the truth is that I'm praying for God to give me thousands at worship harvest Kayaza this year. But if my ability hasn't yet grown for two thousands, I can't. Even if there are people who God wants to come to that church, I, they can't come. Because I will either destroy the people or they will destroy me. Because I'm not ready. So my work is actually to grow my ability for more. Because God showed you that the master gave according to each one according to his own ability not according to what the master desired to give maybe he wanted to give them more but he knew this one is only able to handle 10 this one can only handle five this one <laughs> i'm even trying to have hope let me give one and you know what he was right each one proved that he was right that they gave the master and the master represents god is that god is going to come to you and give you money according to your own ability to handle relationships then oh i meet one to get married and i'm like you're not ready because the way they want marriage it's like going to become a goal they're not ready and the moment they give they relax about that thing and realize that they are enough in god the marriage will come because god knows if i give them a marriage now they will destroy my child and themselves you're not ready it can't become an altar to which you're willing to give up anything you're not ready so he says so don't try to bribe your way into something. It means you're trying to enter something that you're not yet ready for. When you're ready for it, you will enter it. And we already talked about the principles of faith. So God is the master. He gives each one of us according to, in direct proportion to an indirect relation to our own ability. He, get, he was going away. He left each one with what they could handle. The question is, do you know what you can handle? It's not about what you feel you can handle. And I'm going to show you how you know what you can handle. It's saying the strange. What you're able to carry. In other words, no matter how much I desire for, I pray for, I work towards a portion until I have the capacity, the ability to carry it. God will not entrust me with it because I will steward it poorly. But God does not waste. Always. So don't get angry with God. Ask yourself, what have I fixed? Not in a way of, of condemnation or of 
God is asking you to do this, to do that. No, it's that there are different principles in the Bible. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. But if you don't grow your capacity to carry more, you will always have just enough. Now, I want, I'm speaking especially to anyone who you realize that you've been in a specific cycle for long now. Maybe it's financial or it's relational or it's spiritual. The, 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 and yet you're, 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 you desire more, but when you, you can't seem to enter more. Maybe there's a capacity problem. Because God gives each one according to his own ability to steward, to handle, to carry. God doesn't waste. He's not going to come and give me 5,000 people when he knows I can only handle 500. Those things have happened. You'll hand over a charge of 1,000 to someone and they will, not intentionally, there'll be good people who are working hard, but the church will go to 200 because that person can steward 200. And those 200 will be strong. They will love God, but that's their capacity. You'll get a business that has 10 branches all over the place and, and the person will, Without intending, there are good people who are working hard, but they will reduce the capacity of the thing until it is one one branch. Far from me, far from you. But it's not enough to say far from me. It's not enough to say I'll be there. If you don't develop the capacity, you won't be there. I'm sure the guy with one was annoyed and saying, how could they give this people 10 and they gave me one? Because he felt he had a better capacity, but he proved that he didn't. And so God is not going to waste but then the question, when I saw this scripture, then I said, but now God, the question is, how do I develop my ability to carry more? Because this thing then becomes the frustration where, you know, those jobs which you go to and they tell you they need you to have four years of experience. I've just left university. You want me to have four years of experience. You're not giving me an opportunity to have experience. Where am I getting experience from? I find it in the air and I get experience and then I come to work for you. You know those jobs where they always want 10 years experience, 4 years experience, but then they, they are trying to hire you at 22. You're like, why do you expect me to have 7 years experience? What, I started working at 15 as a managing director? Yeah, by the way, those of you who do those things, employers, please, be serious. Where are we going to get experience without being given opportunity for experience? But I didn't come far with employers today. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you're like, God, you're telling me, First, to increase my capacity, but you're not trusting me with something to grow my capacity. He was, because he gives the guy one. And if he had proved that he could handle more than one, he would have been given more. You're understanding. I'm going to show it to you, don't worry. So, you, is it that God is telling you you should come when you're experienced? Does God require us to come with our ability already made? No. He has already given us a measure of faith. God, you see the thing is you have that God wants you to have things. God wants you to have abundance. In everything, like, want to, I want you to know that he makes it easy. He's always figuring out how to bless, not how to withhold. If you have the attitude that God is withholding, it's not going to work. You have to trust that God is a rewarder. God wants to give me more and he's frustrated when I'm not entering what he has for me because then it's wasted. What is it for? It's for you. Jesus said that we may have life in all its fullness. God is not withholding. That's the attitude you must have in your mind about God. And so you approach everything, not from God is trying to keep that away from me. No, he's trying to get it to me and I'm not getting it. What can I do to reduce the divine frustration? I want to enter what God has for me. And so listen to me. The scripture, of course, the whole story continues. Um, let me tell, let me read it for you quickly. Then 
He who had received the five talents, verse 16, went and traded with them and made another five. Meaning now he proved that he could handle ten. Are you with me? You're about to, I'm sure you've read it. Some of you already got the principle. You're like, but a bit but just stick with the rest of us, okay? Uh-huh. Then, uh, likewise, the one who received two gained two more. So he proved that he could handle four. He who had received one, <laughs> guy uh, 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 went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money you see i've seen after a long time have you ever seen that portion in my head i thought the guy went away came back after like one night no he gave them long time after a long time the lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them let me tell you god doesn't waste god doesn't waste everything he has entrusted to you he requires an account that thing he requires an account for the relationships he has given you he requires an account for the opportunity to serve him that he has given you he requires an account for the people you're shepherding he requires an account for the money he has trusted you with he requires an account for the businesses he has given you i've done very poorly with that and this year i've entered repentance he requires an account for the influence he has given you he requires an account for the gifts and abilities he has given you. God doesn't waste. Go and look at Jesus. Every time he multiplied food, do you know what he would do? Gather the fragments. Oh yes, it's saying the scriptures. He even says, gather the fragments that nothing should be wasted. I'll show it to you. Jesus, God hates waste. If you're, and I used to be a very wasteful person, breaking things, breaking phones, not caring, uh, spending money, not accounting. And then you wonder, why are you not growing? You look at diligent people. They're always increasing. God hates waste. And some of you, this is your word this year. Stop wasting. There's so much waste in your life. So much wasting. Wasting time, wasting money, wasting opportunities, wasting resources. They tell you to hand in the CV. You hand it in three days late. Everything has to be extra. You're late on everything. Next week, I think I'm going to talk about the, 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 the dangers of delay. You know, delay is not, it's not innocent at all. It is one of the major weapons of the devil. Because it's subtle, it's quiet. You're not a bad person. You're just delayed in everything. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But he says, gather the fragments. God hates waste. <laughs> I feel like God is showing me more principles than I had actually come with for today. John 6, 12. Remember in John 6, Jesus feeds very many people. He fed the 5,000. And um, verse 11, Jesus took the loaves when he had given thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. That's that's a character of God. He's abundant. Like he didn't give them little fish. They ate, they belched, they smelled like fish. It was a fishy affair. Once they were done, and they are belching fish belches and smelling fish. And they are eating bread. As much as they wanted. Not needed, wanted. Like where you eat fish until you're like, don't show me fish one more time. That's how God, he wants to satisfy your life. God is not withholding. But you see, he's going to give you money as much as you want. People as much as you want. But listen to what he says to them. And likewise, fish as much as they wanted. That's well. So when they were filled Jesus said to his disciples, listen, gather the fragments that remain so nothing is wasted. 
Gather the fragments which remain so nothing is wasted. That is a word for someone. Go gather the fragments. Stop wasting. Stop wasting. God cannot promote waste. Because it means if God gives you more, you're going to waste more. Stop wasting. Wasting time. Wasting resources. Wasting opportunities. Wasting gifts. These are your morning years. Morning years are the years of hard work. Exerting ourselves. Evening years are the years for resting. It's not evening years for you. It's morning years. Afternoon years. Maximize. Redeem the time. You're wasting a lot. Redeem the time. Yeah. Gather the fragments. There are fragments in your life, in your ministry, at your location, in your mission or community, in your workplace. Gather the fragments. <laughs> That nothing is wasted because there are opportunities, but opportunities need to be taken when they are there. They don't last forever. But let's go back to Matthew 25. So, you've already got two principles. One, if you want to increase your capacity for more, first of all, have the mindset of a steward, not an owner, over everything that you have. Secondly, do not waste. Fight wasting. Don't be a wasteful person. Fight it in every area of your life. Fight it spiritually and naturally. I started to pray against my screens for every phone. Guaranteed they were broken. You know, broken where you see the inside of the iPhone, like how it's made. Those were mine. And I didn't care. It never bothered me until someone addressed it. Someone said, Nikki has someone. Ah. I went and first of all prayed about it. Then then I took measures, I put screen guards, I started to add. Now, even if you, my phones have never cracked for about five years now. Never. Not a crack, not a scratch. I used to think my husband just had financial ability for no cracking. I'm like, eh. But I don't care about phones really. They're not a big deal. Hello. You're wasteful. Don't be wasteful. Torn clothes, broken things, broken cups, broken dishes, torn mattress. Waste all over. Just things don't stay together when they're around you. Wasted money, wasted resources. You can't track any savings, no investments. Why should God give you more? You have people, the database you have of your people, you, they have no names. It has Gloria Brown, no phone now. Peter Friday. I, and you want God to give you a thousand people so that now you have what? What else? You have Harry at home. Like, how many people are you going to have whose name? You can't account for them. You don't know where they live. The people, you have 37 people. You've never called each one of them. You don't even know where they live, but you want a thousand. It's a lie. Waste. God cannot promote waste. Stop praying about it. Go do something. Stop, stop the waste in your life. Spending money on things you don't need. I'll buy things and not use them. Just put them there. I was so wasteful, but I didn't know. But those are the things that limit you, your capacity to carry on. No one, none of you is going to go and promote someone in your company who wastes the most resources. They are the ones who waste everything and you're like, you should become the general manager. And yeah, you're going to have general waste in you now more than you have ever seen, more than you can carry wastefulness. Go fight waste in your life. Carry the mindset of a steward. Fight waste. Gather the fragments so that nothing is wasted. But let's see the last principle. So, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. 
if God comes to set our accounts with you concerning that job, you is praying for a promotion. Can you stand before him and say, I've been faithful? They gave it to me when it was like this. I've, I've now grown into this. I moved from, you know, that's what happened to me when I went to my first job. I really was faithful. I won't lie about that. I, I was faithful. I had some glitches in the middle where I, I backslid, then I repented. But I was so faithful that I was confident that when I leave, they'll come looking for me. And indeed, two years later, they failed to find anyone who could do what I did. I felt good. My ability to carry had grown. So they took me on. And I made sure that when I left, because when I left the first time, yes, I'd been faithful, but I wasn't a good leader. I'd learned leadership by then. I went back and I knew by the time I leave this place, even if it's one year, I'm going to leave it completely different from how I did the first time. And I did. I remember handing in my resignation and I felt satisfied. Like I felt like, I, I don't feel like there's anything they can come and accuse me of. I was faithful. And therefore, I could qualify for more. I could go to God. Because the Bible says a laborer is worthy of his wages. I have done the work. Lord, now it's time for my promotion. But there are some of us who can't pray that prayer. Even like, God, don't look my way. Just thank you for giving me an opportunity. I don't know how I've stayed here. I think no one sees me. Genuinely, if you're being honest, it's like God has made you an undercover agent. So like they don't notice so that you can stay at the job. Because if they saw you always on social media, wasting time, then some of you, you have this MC. Your members, they revolve because you, they come in, you don't care for them. They come in, you don't, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Lost. Weary. The other day, I really saw sheep on Kampala Road. In Kampala somewhere, walking, five of them by themselves. I almost cried. Real sheep. Well, I think it's what God knows when he says sheep without a shepherd. They look like anyone can take advantage of them. They were there, four, four five sheep. Alone. When I see a cow, I don't feel sad. Cows are okay. Sheep. No shepherd. They're just walking aimlessly. So why should God give you more? You're praying against uh, our barriers which are uh, stopping you. There's, you are the barrier. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's continue. As I was sharing. God is coming to set accounts with us. Verse 20. And why was he settling accounts with them? Because he wanted to see who had qualified for more. God always wants to increase us. So he who had received five talents came, brought five other talents, saying, Lord... You delivered to me. What has God delivered to you? Five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Lord, you gave me this girl as a wife. When she came, she was uneducated. She had a bad attitude. She used to wear bad clothes. Lord, see, five years later, I have delivered her back to you. Not that I'm releasing, I'm just telling you, I think I've been faithful. Now, Lord, I can ask for more. Not more wives, please. But I can ask for more. More joy in my marriage. More children. I don't know why. Like, what has God trusted you with that you can say, I've been faithful? He's not saying to him, you see what God says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The joy of God is when you increase. Enter into my joy. I can now give you more to handle. He says, you've been 
and you've seen the physical how do you qualify for more by being faithful over what you have now that's what qualifies you for more not prayer and crying faithfulness in the kingdom is ability to increase what you've been given now god is not asking you to be faithful with what you don't have what you have now if you're used to give fast fruits when you're earning one million uganda shillings when god gives you 50 million you think you'll give it of course you won't your unfaithfulness will just have become bigger over something bigger now so be faithful to give your time with the little you have now even when it looks like it can't sustain you because why is it that you feel that the money that will help you is the 10% that doesn't belong to you the 90% is there but your eyes on the 10% you're unfaithful you're not a steward you're an owner you're wasting your opportunity <laughs> verse 22 he also what received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. What a nice accountability. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Oh, then you who had received the one talent, where God was even taking a risk, came and said, Lord, <laughs> I knew you would be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered, see, accusing God. Some of you, that's what you do. You, you just accuse God in prayer. God, I've worked for you. I've tried my best. Why don't you look my way? After everything I've done, he's like, yo, account for what I've given you. Account. And one of the ways that you lose your place in God is when you despise what he has given you. You have a mission of community of 10. Worship Harvest was a mission of community. There were about 13 of us when the church began. They are now over 27,000. But it's been time, faithfulness, ability to carry on. If Apostle Moses had dealt with that small group as if they were nothing, they would, it would still be nothing now. But because he dealt with it like something precious he knew where we all lived he loved on us he taught us he gathered us he learned he increased his capacity he went and and studied leadership and studied the bible and and implemented things and tried out this and the other and took risks and and it's like he was pushing the bar and god would say you've been faithful over 13 let me give you 50. you've been faithful over 50 enter the hundreds you've been faithful over hundreds enter the thousands you've been faithful over thousands enter the tens of thousands what you currently have, is it possible that maybe that is the ability you have proved? Maybe you have ability for more, but you've not been faithful. So then you don't yet qualify for more. You can be very clever, but if you don't pass the exam, you don't qualify to go to the next class. Not because you're stupid, but you failed the exam. The exam is the qualification for the next level. And that's why some people repeat or retake until you pass it, then you qualify. Even in God's kingdom, it's a kingdom, it has order. Your promotion comes from God. And he shows you a key to promotion, how to increase your ability. And he says all these things. And I was afraid fear is going to stop you from growing. You know, every time you're invited into the next level, it is scary, let me tell you, from experience. He says, I was afraid 
I wear, hit the talent, hit the ground, look, there you have what is yours. Some of you, your gifts of singing, your creative hands, your gifts of administration, you've hidden them, you're in a church, things are falling apart. Like, ah, I fear to get close to the pastors. But you're praying for promotion elsewhere. But you've not been faithful with what you've been given. Why should God trust you anymore? You don't write songs, you have a singing gift. You don't. Why should God trust you anymore? So that you waste it also. You you increase on your on the wastage that there's already in your life. No. Fear fear is, is, is very bad. Laziness. It's going to be too much work to read, too much work to like I'm redoing something called Harvest Institute. I I I I did it in twenty seventeen, I passed with flying colours. But when I thought of I was like, I have to do this thing. I don't want to do it, but I must increase my capacity for more. For you, you only want to do what's convenient. Oh, it, 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 what doesn't require you to push yourself? Which what doesn't scare you? You cannot have ability for more. Everything that requires more is going to come with a level of fear, of um, a, require you to exert yourself a little bit more, but also faithfulness, profit. Ability to increase what you've been given. That principle, whoever has more will be given. The one who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, your current assignment, listen to me, is the training ground to develop your ability or capacity to carry more. Faithfulness in your current assignment is your training ground for your ability to develop yourself to carry more in the kingdom of God. When the one who was given 10 increased them to 20, he proved that he could carry more. And therefore he was qualified for more than one of 5 to 10. The one of 2 to 4. The one of 1. The unfaithful servant that did not increase what was entrusted to him was required to pass it on <laughs> to the one who faithfully increased what was entrusted with him. Faithfulness is increasing what you've been put in charge of at your current level. And that's what qualifies you for more. That's how we grow our ability. That's how we grow our capacity through faithfulness with what we currently have and carry. That's how you grow your ability. I know you, I don't know, I think you are waiting for maybe a very deep mystery, but the things are very practical. What do you have right now? What has been entrusted to you? Look around you. There's something you're in charge of. Okay, at least your life. You're in charge of it. Are you increasing it? Is your life, when you look at your life, what are you doing to be better today than, than you were yesterday? What are you making sure that this year you'll be better in your finances, better in your work with God, better in your discipleship, better in your influence, better in your relationships, better, better, better in your health? What have you been given? Have you? Are you faithful? Do you qualify for more? Your demand is what you don't qualify for. How have you stewarded what you've been given? Do you qualify for more? Or is it about to be taken out? Some of us, what God has entrusted you with is ability to hear his voice. Right? This is a word for someone. You become familiar with the Holy Spirit. Because you can switch him on and off whenever you want. You, you can talk to him. He feels like a friend. So now you take him for granted. You think he's common. You disobey. You reason. You, you've made common what is very precious. You get words, you don't pass them on. You see dreams, you don't pass them on. And you know what? To him who has, more will be given. But the one who doesn't have, the one who acts like they don't have, 
that gift can be it can be taken away the gift but your ability to minister will reduce if you keep playing around with that divine thing that you've been entrusted with you have gifts use them go serve in the church go be great at your workplace you know how to use excel others don't teach them become a consultant you have ability do you qualify for more or even what you have is about to be taken away this teaches us that as leaders also we should consider when promoting people like jesus <laughs> require that if someone is unprofitable you should not be promoting them promotion should be based on ability to increase what they, what someone has been interested in and i used to be an emotional promoter i'll just promote people based on they're a good person then you just suffer with your good person because they can't produce give them something small see how they perform they qualify for more that's why you see worship harvest that's the promotion is like that missional leader you grow it you become a zone pastor you grow it you become a location pastor you grow it there's no end but there's there's a time where it's only promoting people before they proved Paul says to Timothy, before you give this person a position of a pastor, let them be proved first. And you know what? The kingdom of God is an organized place. And all of us, if you're a child of God, that's the principle. How do you qualify for more? How do you grow your ability to carry more? By being faithful over what you have now, the money you have now. Are you faithful? Are you tithing? Are you saving at least 20% of it? Are you living within your means? Are you generous? Are you trying to figure out how much more you can make or it's according to how you feel that's how i was i was my money was about feelings i mostly gave then after that how i feel well i had nothing to do with principle and my money was a very our finances were very confusing not because i was evil but because i was disobeying principle and when you disobey principle it also disobeys you for it it's, it's emotionless principles are not evil or good they're just principles you do what they're supposed to do you get your reward you plant seed comes out whether you're wicked or not it works how do you grow your ability for more by being faithful and increasing what you've been entrusted with now your current assignment your current gift your current i don't know occupation is the place of training and proving your ability to carry on That's the word for today. It's a good word. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Where have you seen gaps? I know that the Holy Spirit is very specific. He starts to show you, hey, this area, go fix it. Maybe it's waste. Maybe it's uh, acting like an owner instead of being a steward. Maybe it's fear that has held you back. Maybe it's mistrust um, of those who are above you. You have a boss, but you mistrust them. So every decision is made out of suspicion and fear, just like the unprofitable servant. So you're unprofitable. You have all these gifts and abilities, but huh? you're keeping them in because you're always suspicious and counting and, and, and seeing angles instead of just releasing what's on the inside of you. So it's, are you faithful where God has placed you? And what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is not ability to stay. Faithfulness is ability to increase what you've been given. So what is Jesus saying to you? What are you going to do about it? If I were you, I will find an accountability partner and I will tell them, there's this particular thing. I'm going to start saving 20% of all my income. Me accounted. I'm going to start giving tight regularly. 
I'm going to start showing up at work early. I'm going to, I've been doing a job where I need to type. I'm going to do typing master until in six months I can type without looking at the laptop and I can type it. Small things. I'm going to, I don't know, whatever. I'm going to, to go and actually do evangelism every week for my national community. And I'm going to check on all my members and get to know all their homes and, and, and get to pray for each one of them and love them and really be a shepherd. I've really not been a shepherd. I've been just a managing gatherer. You know what I mean? Go be faithful with what God has given you. And then you will have ability to carry more. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? Just go ahead and lift your voice where you are. Pray in the spirit. Pray with understanding. God is not angry with you. He's just showing you something that has been hindering you because the joy of the Lord is when you enter more. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. Your word is life, light, power. Thank you, Father, for you have exposed things that the enemy is using to rob us of our promotion which you want to give us that we may enter your joy of increase and promotion. So Lord, I thank you that these people who have listened to your word today, all of us, we receive grace to be faithful, to increase what we have. If it's been fear or suspicion or fear of being big or just feeling like we don't know what we're doing or laziness or whatever it has been, Lord, we repent of it. And we pick up the spirit of faithfulness, the spirit of diligence, that we will be known as diligent, as faithful, we'll give everything where you've placed us. That it will be said of us that we have done well, well done, good and faithful servant, and that we'll enter our next level. May this be a year of great promotions for all of you who are watching and listening. You'll be promoted because you're going to be very faithful where God has placed you and you'll not waste. I cast that spirit of waste out of your life, your home, your finances, your relationships, you will not waste anymore. You will gather the fragments. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, you will never end without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you are the one I'm talking to. I want to pray with you right now. Don't think about it. Just receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my path and give me a new beginning. I believe with all my heart that you died for all my sins and you rose again for my glory. Today I'm a child of God. I belong to the family of God. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God. I want you to send me a message on the number I'm going to read out. Let us know I received Jesus on faith boosters. The number is 0775-642449. Outside Uganda, that's plus 256-775-642449. Let us know that you received Jesus. We want to pray with you, connect you to a loving family and welcome you into the family of God. Of course, you can send me any testimonies uh, on, on my email, beatricevmanzi at gmail.com. Send me that email. I might not read it immediately, but when I do, I'll respond. All right, I want to pray over you. If you have any sickness in any part of your body, I speak healing right now in Jesus' name. I speak over ears that have had hearing problems. Open at the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus brain issue, something, a brain problem, brain in particular, not mind, brain, brain disease, 
We curse you something that's been eating away at the brain. We curse it in the name of Jesus. Right now, I speak healing. Oh, yes, power. The power of God right now is healing you. In Jesus' name, I speak over pain in your hands and knuckles. When you move them, you'll be feeling a lot of pain. Jesus heals you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that it is done. Someone you've been having, I don't know what it is. It looks like a growth on your neck, back of your neck or head or something at the neck area. A growth or a bump or a lamp or a boy or something. It's a growth. We cast it in the name of Jesus. We speak healing. It will not hurt you anymore in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak healing over vocal cords. In Jesus' name, someone, I don't know if you've lost your voice or you've had pain in your vocal cords or you've been diagnosed with a vocal cord disease. You are healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. It is well with you. It is well with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Someone, you've been, your ears, you keep having strange sounds in your ears. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Back pain is healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing grace that is flowing right now, Lord, through the airwaves into every place that people are gathered and hearing your word preached. Thank you, Lord, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Someone, you've been having an infection in your uh, reproductive areas. We speak wellness right now in Jesus' name that the discomfort stops. In Jesus' name, we cast the yeast infections and whatever else it is. In Jesus' name, we speak healing. We cast HIV AIDS out of your life. You will have a life free of that disease. Oh, it's, we speak healing right now. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that you reverse every medical report that's negative, that's been given by the doctors. We enter into healing right now. Skin disease, something on your face. I don't know what it is, but it's a skin disease. It is healed right now. In Jesus' name, it will start to peel off and come off. And it will be well with you. Father, we thank you for your healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are worthy of all praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with me today. I'll see you again next week. Same place, same time. Go take action on the word. It doesn't work until you work it. Okay? Come back with some testimonies. Go be faithful. And then be confident in your heart that promotion is coming and it's guaranteed. See you next week. Bye.